Guys, I guess it's not the worst name for a podcast that I've ever heard. Welcome back to the next episode of the A, B, and J podcast. We're so happy to be back this week. We are. We are glad to be here. And we want to say thank you to everyone that um, we actually had a lot of people follow us on Twitter, which was fun. That's good. It's nice. Special are, shout out. Aren't we still trending? Isn't that still happening? Oh, like we're like the top trend. Top trend. Yeah, top Got trend. It. It's like Obama, you know, like Trump. Yeah, then A, B, and J. Pod. A, B, and J. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do want to say in all seriousness, special thank to a friend of ours. She's been a friend of ours for a long, long time. Uh, Annabelle Stefan. She uh, retweeted a couple of our stuff on Twitter, and she liked us and, and said some nice things on Facebook. And we definitely saw a huge bump in uh, in some followers and stuff. So we should say thank well, you. Well, she's also like an actually talented real life reporter of sports. So that's pretty nice to be. I know. Recognized. I know. And she she was nice enough to pretend like she liked our podcast. So thank you, Annabelle, uh, in all seriousness. We really did appreciate that. So this week, last week we let off with the Rockets. And this week, guess what? We're leading off with the Rockets. Surprise. A lot of stuff happened this week with the Rockets, Aaron. A lot of a lot of bad stuff, John. Very bad stuff. Bad stuff. Let's just kind of go down memory, memory lane quickly. We had the Brooklyn Nets game. They were coming in 0-7. Oh, you're talking about like the toilet bowl Nets. Like that are basically, have called it a year, what, a couple weeks into the season. Yes. Those they did, guys. They did get a win, though. Oh, did they? Against the Rockets. That's fantastic. And then we had the Mavericks game, which I wouldn't mind the Mavericks beating us. In fact, I was talking to someone on Twitter, actually, about how I already feel like I was wrong about the Mavericks and Dirk, and he's definitely, he's gone like Tim Duncan from like five oh, years well, ago, yeah, where he, he lost like, I don't know, 30 pounds, and it's just... He's coming. looking great. He's shooting the ball wonderfully. I mean, all the power to him, seriously. He is, but he didn't play against the Rockets. Oh, that's right. He didn't. You know who else didn't play? Who else didn't play? Chandler Parsons. Oh, man, this is good. And Wes Matthews. And Wes Matthews. So we definitely whooped him, right, John? You know, they did have Mr. Dadbot himself, Dad Raymond bought himself. Felton. Oh, there you go. We made him look like Steph Curry. <laughs> of course we did. And lost. By double digits By as double well. digits. And then comes to the point where I, I, I ha- we had some other stuff planned, Aaron. We did on the Rockets and the NBA. But then last night happened against the Celtics. The Boston Celtics who are still trying to get their way, work their way up. They've got like six or seven first round picks because they've made some great trades. And they're like, we got young players. We don't really care. Got a great coach. Let's get out there and see what happens. That's pretty much their their go at every game. That's their plan right now. That's their plan. We didn't just get beat by the Celtics. No. We were almost down by 30 at the end of the third quarter. Right. And we're the win now team. Is that right? Yeah, we're the team that was in the Western Conference Finals last year. Okay. And I don't like to be all, you know, I I don't, the last thing I want this show to to ever be is like a first take knockoff where, you know, it's in the middle of baseball season and we're like trying to pretend like we're really mad about something and we're just going to yell about (laughs) every single thing. But I texted you last night. I was like, scrap everything. I I need some some space. You did. Here's your space, John. Let me step back. So, Aaron, I learned very on in life. I'm more competitive than most people. And you are a hyper-competitive individual. I can agree to that. Yes. And, and I learned later on in life that I can't expect everyone else to be as competitive as I am. 
but I, I do expect people that are, I don't know, the leaders of your professional sports teams to at least pretend to be on that same level and really much, much more. And they're actually paid to do that, like to be competitive. Yes, this is true. It's actually their like part of employment. So James Harden. James Harden. Before the season, I'm going to go through a little timeline here quickly. I liked what he said. End of the year, end of uh, the exit interview, you got Mikhail there, Maury. He says, guys, I need help. I can't be the only offensive threat. I need another creator. And I was like, you know what? That's, that's good leadership. That's a good guy that can say, hey, I can't do this all on my own. I, you know, I recognize my weaknesses. I need some help. Yeah. Then he says, I was the MVP last year. I was the real MVP. I should have been the one with the trophy. And at first, that can kind of go either way, you know, right. historically. But – uh, you know, the year before he was saying things like, I'm the best player in the NBA, and he went out and had the best year of his career. Sure. So I was okay with that. Then he even says, you know what, guys, I really want to be more efficient this year. I want to go 50, 40, 90. Yeah, efficiency is actually, in my opinion, the biggest and most bold stat in the NBA. I mean, if you have a team, which this isn't rocket science, but if you've got a team of, of efficient players, you typically will produce better results. Uh, Swaggy P obviously is a good example of someone who's not efficient and I can't stand as a basketball player. Um, and yeah, I mean, to, for James Harden to come out and say, Hey, these are my goals. I mean, which by the way, it seems like our friend Steph Curry is actually achieving that right now. Well, Steph Curry is going to create his own club of 50, 50, 90. Yeah. That's, it's unbelievable. That's a whole nother podcast in and of itself. We, we didn't know that that was actually humanly possible. So we hadn't prepared for that, but yeah. Steph Curry also just might be alien himself. But just for reference real quick, James Harden this year, the 50, 40, 90 means, you know, 50% field goal, 40 from the three point line, 90 from the free throw. He's currently 37% from the field. 26% from the three-point line and 87% from the free-throw line. Yeah, that's not going to get it done. I mean, his, his, the, from the line, 86% is probably okay. He could be better. But, you know, shooting threes, especially in the volume that he's been shooting them at, it's got to you got to have a better number than that. And my thing is I don't mind him sh going cold for shooting. It's like I talked a lot about last week about LeBron and why, you know, I, I started coming like, man, it just doesn't sit right with me. I can't you – know, you, you quit on your team. I don't mind you going off to a slow start. In the beginning, he kind of wore it well. He took the tough questions. He said, you know what, guys? Like, this is on me. We need to do better. But then he said something a couple weeks later that really is the first sign of what 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 is going on. He said something to the effect of, you know, we should need to stop cooling out out there. There's enough – There's enough. Uh, we, we should need to stop being cool or whatever. And essentially, of, are you saying you're just not trying? You're just being lazy? Yeah, you hope that that's not the case. Um, and, and I'm going to argue a lot of that is also coaching. Coaches, their part of their job is being a motivator. Yes, you still need to be a leader of a team, but you got to have a guy like Kevin McHale to step in there and say, guys, this isn't going to cut it. I mean, the effort is horrendous right now for the Rockets. And, and not only is the effort horrendous, but the defense is even worse. I mean, so look, offense comes and goes. That's historically what happens with offense but the teams that win play the best defense and do it every single night how often do you see the, the spurs down by 30 almost never right and that's because they've got a coach that coaches defense appropriately and look if you're losing okay shots don't fall that is what it is but if you get out there off and, and put the effort in for 48 minutes on the defensive end you almost always are in the game and you always put yourself in at least the chance and the opportunity to win the game so now i'm going to say you talk about all the time about how much the players make and stuff like that and yeah. you even talked about the spurs right there 
Popovich says all the time, the reason I'm such a great coach and we're such a good team is number one, because Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan is our best player. Tim Duncan leads by example. Tim Duncan allows me to coach him, which also allows me to coach the rest of the players. James Harden, the way he played against the Celtics, it wasn't about his shot. It wasn't about his percentages. He gave up. I've not seen, it, it, it was It was one of the worst performances by a superstar that I have ever seen yeah you hope that he's not the kind of guy that needs to be motivated like that i mean when you bring a guy in and you and you basically say listen this is going to be your team we're making it your team we're building around you i need to see it from you what what you appreciate yes about tim duncan about dirk nowitzki even kobe as much as i'm not a kobe fan kobe has no problem saying yes i'm the leader and we will rise and fall by what i do it, to me it was yeah. an indictment on him not only as a leader yeah. but really an indictment on him as a real true superstar in the league yeah uh, you, you can't call yourself i can see a, you're getting red from over here john so i hope you yeah hold, hold it down as best you can I, you know it actually it's been a lot shorter and a lot uh i guess a lot less yelling than i was uh anticipating which is good because you know you, you kept me calm you helped talk me through and i appreciate yeah. that aaron yeah take deep breaths I feel like I'm on the couch, and you're just kind of helping me through all my issues. Well, here, so, let me let me let me go ahead and give give some other. So give me let me give you my my take on it a little sure. bit more because I'm not as harsh on James Harden. There's no doubt that his effort is not what it needs to be. Okay, you, you've seen all the. Okay, hold on. He's That's, going like two yeah. years ago. James Harden. Oh, we're gonna bad. have no, no, yeah. Like, what was it? A 30 minute video? It's gonna be like yeah. a two hour long video. Yeah. The way things are going this yeah, he's year got about to, his defense. He's got to do better. I'm not. I'm not defending the James Harden problem issues right now. But sure. what I am gonna say is Kevin McHale. He's got to find ways to get the effort and the defensive side of the ball locked down, and it's just not happening. And I don't know if that means that it needs to be a lot more Beverly and a lot less Ty Lawson, which I'm sure is going to happen. I mean, I think he came out and said, look, we have to make changes in the backcourt. See, and I'll, I'll let you finish, but okay. I just, my, my general rule is, is yeah. and I'm thinking through, I don't think any of this matters because I think, like I talked about with LeBron last week, he gave up and all of his players, all of his teammates took his cue from them. And James Harden is giving up and he, his shot doesn't fall and he gets these bad body language. He's like hopping around five feet behind his man watching him shoot a all layup right, or whatever. Right, slow down, slow down, Tiger. Let me, let okay. me just – give me a second. Give me Sorry, a second. Sorry, I will give you a this second. This is the AB and J. There's two of us in this right, podcast. Let's hear, let's hear from the AB Let's section. hear from the AB. All right, here's the deal. So they don't look, in my opinion, they don't look motivated. They don't look like they're really moving the ball very well. They're not really penetrating and going to the basket like they need to, which which I think is the first key of a of a team not playing well. Um, as soon as you see teams just kind of re- resort, excuse me, revert into uh, throwing three point three pointers and hoping for rebounds, that that's that's bad. Uh, it only works when you're Stan Van Gundy and you got some good three point shooters, and that's actually the game plan. But Marcus Thornton is the only person that has any bright spot on the Rockets right now. Oh, like, he's been great. He's been so great. Yeah, he's actually looking like he wants to play the game. Um, but here's the here's another thing I've got for you, John, and you're not gonna like it, but it is it is what I'm seeing. Dwight Howard has not been very good on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he is as much as you sat and maybe we've had a couple podcasts and you've really said, look, Dwight Howard is the defensive monster that he always has been. Well, to some extent, I should say, but I want you to understand against Boston yesterday, they scored 58 points in the paint and that's with Dwight Howard and Jay and Jones on the floor. The Rockets gave had have had a season high twenty two turnovers, which has produced thirty nine points for the visitors. Dwight Howard is not owning the paint like he needs to. It's it's a real problem, um, and I think you know if you want to say he's going to be our defensive leader, which which James Harden never signed up to be a defensive leader for the Rockets, 
it's just not happening. So you've got, if you want to, if you go, if you're going to place some blame at the feet of James Harden, it's, it's obviously got to be Dwight Howard too, but those are your, I mean, that's your bedrock of the team. So but this Dwight, is not, this is not a, this is not a good thing for the rocket situation right now. But Dwight's been balling out. Dwight has been giving his effort. I mean, against the Clippers, he went 20 and 20, um, against the, against the nets where everyone else on the team couldn't do anything. He went 20, 17 and five blocks. Yeah. But as, but in general, that's not been, that's not been happening. Like you, like you're suggesting, but here's another really big problem. Another really big problem. Just to, can I guess? I bet you can tell me it's pretty easy. Uh, it's gotta be Ty Lawson. It is Ty Lawson. Ty Lawson yeah. has been a, actually atrocious. I couldn't think of another word for the, for, to describe him. Listen, I, I, listen I, have, to, listen I have a to, word just real quick. I would say he's been Jeremy Linian. Oh, oh, that's that's pretty bad. He's actually been worse than Jeremy Lin. So let me go ahead and take that oh, a step farther. L- let me read four of the four of his games that of his more recent of more recent memory. Dallas seven points, five assists, two rebounds. Denver zero points, seven assists, zero rebounds. Brooklyn eight points, five assists, four rebounds. Clippers six points, four assists, three rebounds. On the season, he's shooting thirty one percent from the field, not from the three point line, from the field. And twenty eight percent from the three point line. He is a much better offensive player than this, and I expect that to change. Um, but the problem with the problem with a guy like Ty Lawson, you don't bring him in defensively. You know you're giving up something from the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, like, he's he's about my height. Oh, he's about your height. I mean, he's a little quicker, but a lot. He, he's great. He's great <laughs> offensively. But I yes, mean, thank you, John, for saying he, Ty Lawson. He can is a lot shoot quicker. over. I mean, he, or sorry, anyone can shoot over him. But I mean, offensively, he should be amazing. And that does go back to your point with Mikhail. He's got, and I talked about it last week. I'm fine with okay. Mikhail's never going to be Popovich. He's never going to be, you know, any type of X's and O great. You know, no, offensive. No, he's not going to be Rick Carlisle, Alvin Gentry, no. out, yeah, Kerr, all those guys. But just use them together. Run a one and two pick and roll. One run the pick and roll to the same side as Lawson. I know I said the same thing last week, but. It, it, it's just so yeah. frustrating, and maybe in the it's meantime, like Law, it's not like Lawson is making his shots either, though. I mean, well, but maybe in the meantime, it's yeah. just you know, run, run Lawson off the bench. I guess that's a yeah. quick fix band aid. My thing is, you know, they had this famous players only meeting today. They did. That was announced today on NBA. It was, it was reported led. from the NBA, yeah. called by Ty Lawson. So I guess he's yeah. the new leader of the team, which I guess makes sense with you know. The Man, way- it, listen, the, the that, that has always been a problem with the Rockets. Like it was notorious last year as as avid Rocket fans as we are that it was really. Jason Terry and Trevor Ariza that were leading those locker room discussions, which yes, uh, that wasn't a surprise. I mean, I think part of why that Jason Terry is brought in and why he's been, he stuck around. I've never, for, let me be on, on record. I've never been a Jason Terry fan. He's been a rocket. Legit. killer. He's been a rocket killer with the Mavericks for some years. So I'm, I'm happy to have, have just, you know, if you can't beat him, join him. And we went able, we're able to bring him over, but, it's been very, very apparent that James Harden is just not a vocal personality type anyway. And Dwight Howard has been notoriously bad for locker rooms because he likes to goof off and whatever. But, but guys like, I mean, Jason Terry, I mean, he's got some great clips of like saying, Hey, we got to get our stuff together. He uses a little more colorful language. But I don't think he said stuff. He I, didn't say stuff. And and same thing with Trevor Ariza. And and he's really more of a quiet personality. But he you really, know I love Trevor. I I know. But by the way, another guy that needs to start playing better. Well, uh, okay, John. No, I'm not trying. No, I'm not doing it. Yeah. But here's the thing. We we've the Rockets have officially the Rockets have officially turned Ty Lawson in, from a 17 and 11 player to a I don't know seven and two player. That thank you, Kevin McHale and the Rockets. Jeez. Well. And we, we said, we kind of gave it our piece. We kind of, you know, analyzed it, broke it down. Now, we all know that pretty much everything we just said is for naught. If the main thing, the real main problem and source of all of our issues is not resolved, 
James Harden is still dating Khloe Kardashian. <laughs> Always a problem. Oh, again. No! That was a good sound effect. Well, John, that was a good way to wrap up the Rocket Talk, man. That was a good conversation. I guarantee you, if we really wanted to do this, we could probably do this for the next two hours. But our it's just too depressing. It's very depressing. It kind of hurts my heart. I mean, watching that game the other night was really, really painful. Let's so, talk about things that made me happy. Let's do that. Let's College do that. College football. College football. Overrated and underrated. All right. So, Aaron, I feel like we've done ourselves a disservice this year. And, and it's, Why is that, John? It's college football season. I know, it is. And we've not really talked any college football. Well, here's the reason. I don't want to talk college football because my the team I support has been terrible in the tank, and I don't like talking about them. But you, Some on the other hand, you, on the other hand, have had boom a great sooner, year. For your- boom sooner. You know, I talk my I taught my daughter. I say, hey, her, her name is Catherine. I say, hey, Catherine, so football's on. What do we say? And she'll say, boomer sooner. It's That's amazing. Good story, man. It's a very good story. It's very sweet. It's actually, I'm, I'm quite proud of that. <laughs> That's good. Raising children right. Raising children right. So I am an OU fan. We had a pretty big game this and weekend. And a U of H fan, man. You got two teams that oh are doing Oh my goodness. Thing. It was like channel surfing back and forth, and it was all amazing. It totally made up for the like the Celtics game that I was also Depressed going about. on with yeah. the Rockets. But um, no, it was incredible. It, it, or I guess that was, what was that, the Mavs? Sorry. Anyway. Depressing Rockets game. They all run together. But you know what doesn't run together? U of H coming back by like, I don't know, they were down, what was it, 20 Some, in the yeah. second half? Oh, it was incredible. I loved it. And, and, and that field goal kicker who, by the way, I looked up his stats. I heard someone saying, oh, he's really great. He's not really great. He's phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's kind of a rarity to find something like that and to be like, oh, that's a thing. And then he missed it. I'm glad I didn't yeah. know he was phenomenal because I kind of thought, oh, man, he's a college kid and go. everything. But... Um, but then the OU game, you know, people like to make fun of Bob Stoops saying, oh, he's not big game Bob anymore and all stuff. Apparently he was on Saturday. He very much was. Very much was. And I really liked it because, and, and we wanted to have one of our Baylor friends on, but I guess they all chickened out. They really want to talk about him after, uh, the slaughter that happened. The slaughter. Now, John, that's not fair. I, we only won by 10, I guess, but. All right. Well, here's what I want to know about you, John. I want to know yes. what your three most overrated teams are right now in the season based on essentially what everyone, you know, the mothership reports. And then I also want to know your three underrated and then I'll give you a little feedback on how I feel about those three because I've had you, you know, you're going to go ahead and facilitate this section. And uh, I want to hear your take because my, my college football uh, viewing pleasure has been very diverse because my team has not been one to wholly support. It's bad. It's You've really not been bad. zoned in on the Aggies. I've not this been year. zoned in on the Aggies. Ah, yeah. That's good. It's probably best for your health. Um, my first, we'll we start overrated team. And it's, I think it's the most overrated team. I don't understand why they're hovering around five or six or even in the college playoff. I think they're, you know, again, like maybe even going to be top four is Iowa, the University of Iowa. So, Aaron, this year, Iowa doesn't play in the Big Ten. They don't play Ohio State. Yeah. They don't play Michigan. Yep. And they don't play Michigan State. Which are pretty much the only three teams outside of Iowa that you need to play. So, of course, their AD goes, and he, he goes out, he schedules some tough non-conference matchups. How tough, John? Oh, Illinois State. There you go. Yeah. Which is a team. Iowa State, which I guess, you know, okay, they got to with the whole, like, Iowa, Iowa State, whatever. But then Pitt, which is like the, the crown jewel 
of their entire schedule so far is the University of Pittsburgh, which is like I don't know a mid tier ACC. Yeah, team I don't or even whatever. know. I, was, I don't even know the record honestly. But I mean, here's the thing: if you're going to be in a conference like that, that has those three other options to be playing. And you know, you got to be fair about one thing. Non-conference schedules for just about everybody is not necessarily that great. Now everybody tries to get, of course, a contract, one or two good games that are worth everyone watching. We want to hit the big screen and we want to put ourselves right into the national championship, you know, picture, but I didn't even get to their fourth one. University well, of North Texas, who's yeah. only been around for like three or four years right. as an actual football team. What is that, Mean Green? You know what they are? The Mean yes, Green? Yes, the Mean Green. So I, I, I know, well, we want to schedule some cupcakes because it's hard when you're in a power conference. But you, just, it's, you can tell the AD, he saw that year coming, and he knew, all right, this is going to be our year. We're going to fool everybody. And I really, I'm really rooting hard against them because I would hate for a, a undefeated Iowa team to get ahead of anyone yeah one loss sec or big 12 team yeah, even like clemson who like actually has had played two like i mean i think they played oh. florida state and notre dame so i mean then they beat them so I, and they're taking care of business they're not they are. barely beating they are the, the other teams yeah. yeah so that's my first one I, iowa and it sounds like obviously we agree there my next one overrated and i actually was looking at it a long time i thought overrated underrated i kind of look back at this team but the more i looked at Oklahoma State, the more I kind of think they're a little bit overrated, Aaron. And again, I want to go to the non-conference schedule. They've played Central Michigan, University of Texas, San Antonio, and Central Arkansas Bears. Now, when I went and did my research on on the uh, ESPN website, a pretty well-known sports website that has lots of links to lots of different teams, when you go to click on the Central Arkansas Bears, there's actually no hyperlink to their team name. No, they're not on the internets, the webnets. Yes, that's how lowly thought of Haven't they are. Haven't found the Google tubes yet. Yes, exactly. That's good. And so, I don't, well, let me just jump in there since we're here. I don't, I don't necessarily agree. I think that Oklahoma State has had a pretty solid year. Now, if you talk to any actual Oklahoma State fan, they will tell you we've won, but we haven't won in such a fashion that makes us feel comfortable about any anything in the future now they took care of tcu with boykin that was a good win they did that and that was a, that was a quality win too as we like to say but they're they've had a lot of games that they've had to come back from they've had a lot of they've gotten into a lot of positions that they really shouldn't be in um but they are undefeated and against aforementioned iowa state last yeah, week yeah. yeah absolutely iowa state but they're they're still undefeated and and the wins do matter the most and and they are still in the Big Twelve, which you're not in Conference USA, or you're not in uh, since we've spoken of the ACC. I mean, so you're in a you're in a legit football conference. You're not playing, you know, the ju- the junior varsity. But um, so I don't think they're necessarily overrated. Um, honestly, I think they probably would be a little bit underrated. Here's the thing: in the Big Twelve now, you've got four teams that are all in a very precarious situation. I mean, OU, Oklahoma State. Baylor and TCU, and they all play each other this weekend. So this weekend, right. we'll, this weekend will really probably yeah, the, and ultimately shake down where we're going to land for the, who's going to make the, the 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 big four. Yeah, and the next two weeks they they all play each other. So this will, yeah. like you said, this will kind of work itself. By the out. way, great job Big Twelve and scheduling these rec- these uh, uh, schedules this year, man. That's a that's an awesome way to end your conference. 
Yeah, your your yeah. four top teams. I mean, all, literally all. Yeah, like you just said, and yeah. and they're all and there's only one one loss team or or two now, I guess. But yeah, you got Baylor OU with one. Yeah, o- Okie State's undefeated. And I, I will say this: I am from. I was actually born in Oklahoma, and so moved to Houston pretty young, and uh, have a lot of friends and family that did go to Oklahoma State. So definitely. Uh, I'm actually rooting for them pretty hard, more more than I normally would. Won't root for them against OU, but I'm definitely. Well, I know, mean, there's no doubt for me. One of those four is going to make, going to be there. So right. it's just a matter of who's it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be TCU. And after Baylor, be, you know, losing to OU, I, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens this weekend. Oklahoma State Baylor this weekend in Stillwater is going to be a great game. Well, especially so, again, I don't know if you are familiar with everything that happened at homecoming, but with the tragedy yeah, with all the yeah. deaths there, yeah. So. Okie State, you're underrated right now, but I mean, if you beat Baylor and you beat you beat up on OU, then you're you're you were properly you rated. It. Whatever That's right. you, you are rated, you yeah. Earned it. Uh, the last one, Wisconsin, and I know they're not like in the top ten, but the fact that they're even still in the top twenty-five is an embarrassment. The fact that the college football playoff is, is it's just so transparent what's going on here you know who one of the main members of the college football playoff committee or whatever is one barry alvarez yeah yeah Yeah. may have heard of him before he coached the university of wisconsin did he now from 1990 to 2005 that seems like a long time just a little just a little while since then he served as their athletic director interesting and on and off as an interim coach as well i wonder why iowa is ranked so high even though wisconsin no, no, Iowa first. Oh, you mean Iowa? Because they're they the Big Ten buddy. Uh, gotcha. Oh, yep. let me, you know, help yep. you out or yep. whatever. And, and it's just like it's just so transparent and just so awful. I, it just makes me so frustrated. Yes, bless you, Aaron. Excuse sorry me. about that. Um, that 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 both those teams are are rated as highly as as they are. But that's all I got for overrated. On underrated, of course, uh, they're just they're perennially underrated. The OU Sooners. Yeah, that's not true. But go ahead. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. All right. So here's my thing. If Alabama can lose to like a Division three team, NAIA, Ole Miss, <laughs> and still be make the college playoff, oh, we should be allowed to lose against Texas and still be thought of as highly. I completely disagree. Texas is a terrible football program, and you yes. should have taken care of business. At Texas, you know, and so, really- let, let me, can I just have a second? They are terrible. They are so bad. And as just... Yes, I am an Aggie, and yes, you are a Sooner, and so it's easy to sit here and, and, and hate. But I think it's so awesome, and I and you know I'm obviously a real big fan of the ESPN and their worldwide network of programming. You are, yeah. That's that's sarc- your favorite. That's channel? sarcasm. I don't know if that translates over oh, okay. well in the podcast, but are you I is love, your biggest fan of the Longhorn Network? Is that your number one channel? That, that's pretty much what I'm trying to say. Is I love <laughs> that you signed this big contract for all this money, and and ESPN is losing like. Like million significant and over fist specifically oh, on that network. Oh, it's, yeah, it's 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 a it's one of the worst deals ever that's been signed in media, and that's that's not from my history of knowing these things. That's just what it is. And oh, so to watch them just burn up, and even to throw out Steve Patterson, who like they gave him like a year and a half, and I mean, UT fans, I'm sorry, but throwing that man out that fast, that's kind of a tough. That's a tough move, but. I, I kind of do like the crash and burning that I'm watching now from a distance. The only thing I miss about UT is the fact that Mac Brown is in their coach. 
because I well, loved did, Mac well, here, Brown. Listen, listen though, John. To be fair to Mac Brown, they won a lot of football games with Mac Brown. They're not winning any football games now. Okay, he always had just the top level, highest in recruits. Sure, it, it went on. Did a lot of them did great things in the NFL, but we beat them every year. There was one year. There was a stretch of time when back when I was younger, we beat Texas four years in a row, and. It, it was probably my happiest time as a college football fan, and maybe a fan in general. You could just see the the happiness exuding hey, when, from me right now. When I now. was in school, A and M, we were we took it to them too. We were every year we'd basically win one. They, <sighs> they'd win one. So he was so bad. Did you hear the rumors? Like they were talking. Maybe we should have Mac Brown back. And I'm just like, again, as like it's the like, AD. Oh, please, I heard that. Yeah, I heard please that. bring Mac Brown back. Yeah. Um, I so, am. I am. I am excited about they're not being good at football right now. So. so obviously, OU needs to be ranked higher. I really do hope if they do win out, they at least do make the the playoffs. Um, the third team that I have, or sorry, the second team I have as underrated is my other team I root for, whose house? Coog's house. University of Houston. That's one H-town. of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. Did not even know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. That's what we do. We're like, <laughs> whose house? Cougs. It's amazing. Oh, that sounds great. It is. It is great. And, and we, Cougar you know, High. I love it. You, hey, UH Takeover. They yeah, have just about as many H-town people takeover. at the Katy football game as they do at the University that of Houston football game. That is not true. That is just, that is actually maybe true because Katy probably has like a, <laughs> you know, 100,000 people do have people's a lot. stadium. Um, but Tom, yeah, Tom Herman, former Ohio State national champion, yeah, he's, offensive he's coordinator. He's really good. Yeah, he's got him undefeated. He's the real deal. They took it. Uh, you know, they, they didn't really take it to Memphis, but you know, they 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 won. They got. You know, they they took care of business this week against Memphis. They got a, a, a harder than you know it maybe should be game on, on the road at UConn. It's gonna be like twenty degrees up there, and you know if they can finish the year undefeated, they'll win that game against UConn, John. I say underrated in that right now they would probably be outside kind of that what used to be called the BCS level type bowl. Right. And so I just really hope that they can get up to to that level where, where they can get, you know, invited to one of the sugar, the rose, you know, things like that and, and really have a chance to, to play. Because U of H, you think about their their last several coaches, Art Bryles, you know, taking Baylor, getting RG3, the Heisman Trophy and, and all that. Kevin Sumlin, you know, again, Johnny Menzel, Heisman Trophy winner, taking A&M to the toughest conference. So and you're saying Herman's on his way out? I think Herman probably is. And I hope U of H fans can be um, – you know, level-headed about it and realize that, you know, okay, we're not going to be, we're, we're not Texas, well, we're not of, OU. Yeah, and when, when they got him, I remember just everyone being like, well, let's see how long that lasts. I mean, they knew he was I mean, good. he's been incredible. He, yeah. Honestly, he may be the best of all three. He's yeah. been incredible. It's never been, like, it took Bryles years. It's, and and Bryles, to be fair, had to rebuild the program. But, you know, it took him years. It took Sumlin a couple years. This is his first year coaching, and he is just I mean, and the fact that he's got him playing defense for the first time in I don't know when, uh, it's just, it's, he's, he's, sorry, doing my, a great, my U of H football knowledge is not up, John. I'll have to rely on you for that. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, you've come to the right place. Uh, the last team, underrated, and I know I just kind of made fun of Alabama, but really, just watching them, they're the best. I don't know yeah. what happened against Ole Miss, but they just annihilate people. Yeah, Coach Saban is really good, and he, I don't know what happened in the Ole Miss game either, but 
every game, I've never seen a team more ready to play football in my life. I mean, every single week. And it's not just X's and O's. He recruits every single year. And every single year, they'll think, oh, maybe they'll get beat. And they do. It happens. But, I mean. Like, maybe once. Maybe but, once. But. And Derrick Henry is the latest. I yeah. mean, you know, Trent yeah. Richardson, Eddie Lacy. Though I think Henry's not quite as good as some of those other guys were. But, I mean, I think the secret to their team is they always have a great offensive he's line. He's averaging like 10 yards a he carry is, but, some but games. He's running, it's he's running, ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, but he's running through lanes that are, I mean, four of him could go through. So It's a little bit Emmitt Smith, Cowboys, 90s exactly. type thing. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that was the one team that A&M, you know, we had them at home, and we are like, well, you know, we should be able to take it to them. Oh, yeah, so much for that. So, yeah, Alabama's very, very good. I do think they're I, – I, I don't know if I'd say underrated, but they're probably rated I just think correctly. they're probably the best team in the country. I mean, I just I, – I know everyone's, you know, SEC homers or whatever. There's a lot of people I don't like that are the SEC only fans. Sure. All those people. Paul Feinbaum is someone who I – Love to hate. Like, I will hate <laughs> listen to anything he reads or, or talks about. But anyway, or writes or talks about. Um, but I just, I've been very impressed with Alabama. Just the way. Their execution is unbelievable. And, and, I mean, and, and the defensive end, they shut down probably the number one running back, number one athlete yeah. in, in the Fournette, nation right yeah. now with Fournette. I mean, I they, mean they, they execute everything so well. I mean, and he even brings in like different coordinators and for whatever reason, they can't coordinate well other places, but they show up at Alabama and know what they're doing. Like, I don't even know what that means. So, yeah. And he's just, yeah. I mean, yes, he's been amazing. He's been phenomenal. Um, Alabama, U of H, OU, I hope they all rise in the rankings. I'd really love to see another OU-Alabama game because I really think Baker Mayfield could give Alabama some trouble. Honestly, in, in I'm excited game. about Oklahoma State OU. I think that's going to be a very good game. I'm excited so. for the next two, three, four. I love this time of year. It's so yeah. great. We've done a disservice by not talking about college football, but I'm glad we got into it a little bit here. All right, so right now we're going to do something that we didn't get to do last time. It was sad. I missed it. It was very sad. Uh, We're going to call my brother. Let's call James. Oh, I'm so excited. Hello? Is this uh, the James Reynolds? No, this is not. Sorry, this is Tom. Oh, this is awkward. Well, you are on the podcast. Could you introduce yourself to the many fans out there? Hi, my name is Bert Thunderbutt. Hello, Bert. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good, James. How are you doing? I'm good. You can call me Bert Thunderbutt. That's that's a little weird. So I'm going to call you James since that's who you are. Um, so, James, uh. what? first of all, thank you again for being our first guest and now – I don't know if it makes you our second guest or you're just a two timer. I, I don't I don't know what this means, but we're excited to have you back. I'm excited to be here, John. Well good. So we're just gonna jump right into it, James. We you know, we got a lot of great feedback about your analysis uh, of, of the cowboy season as well as uh, how much fun you had growing up with me as a sports fan. And, mm. and so we're just gonna go right into I know you were texting me, we were talking a little bit that you actually sat down and watched the Cowboys game this week, which... Well, um, part of it. <laughs> okay. Which parts? Uh, the middle. Okay. And the beginning and the end. Oh. Those, so, are, those, are the, those are the good parts. 
Yeah, I missed the early middle and the late middle. Okay, good. So, yeah. So but everything else I watched. Well, that's great. So based on your analysis of of watching the game and your just knowledge, if you were coaching the Cowboys, what would you do differently? Here's the problem. Running. Don't do it. Okay. We're just running. Every play, they're running and they're running and they're running. Just do something else. Are you advocating... Have you ever heard of... Huh? Are you advocating that the players just should not run at all on offense or defense? I would throw it. Oh, you mean pass running? You actually did mean running the ball, like rushing the ball. Yeah, they're always they did the same play like fifty times, and they're like maybe they'll think that we're doing a different play, but they knew because they're just running up the gut. And so what you could do is you could run around them. You could run. You could do like some kind of special play, or you do uh, what kind of special play? Yeah, what kind of special play would you design? Like a leapfrog. So what I would do is they say down to the pike and they form like a pyramid. Yes. I'm and excited. And the runner, the guy with the ball gets on top of the pyramid and it's like a superhuman, kind of like a transformer. Or like a meg- Megazord from like Power Rangers? Exactly. So it's as simple as that, John. Okay. If you want to win football games, that's what you have to do. Run, play, transformers. Or, yeah, that or throw it. Okay. The thing is, Shotgun, every time I play football on the computer, uh huh. Shotgun Hail Mary works every time. <laughs> That's a good play. That's Just, a good play. Bomb it every no, time. They will yeah, exactly. They'll never How see it we, coming. Oh man. We're fifty yards from the touchdown. Throw it. You could oh well we're not running really well. Oh, you're not running really well. What's the next play? Run it. No. False. You throw it. Make the bomb. Now, James, it's I have easy. to... Oh, go ahead. It's as easy as that. I have to ask. Obviously, your insight and your knowledge into sports is, is so high. Where where does that insight and that knowledge... Does, does it come from experience, or where, where does that come from? Um, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? I kind of... I glazed over. There is... I got distracted. All right. So we're going to cut... I, got, um, I was reading a book. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you're, you're reading a book while you're doing this interview? Yes. But <laughs> busted. <laughs> sorry. Uh, we, we forgive you. Hey, we appreciate the commitment of just reading a book, not like reading a book, watching television. I, I care about what's happening on this talk so the question was <laughs> with your your great insight and knowledge in the sports wh- where does that come from where's that inspiration for you or your experience that you had um probably uh byron byron or for sports uh, yeah i mean like yeah byron scott um yeah okay no no wayne Wayne Byron. He's the guy that changes my oil. <laughs> he uh, He's pretty cool. He talks to me a lot. I'm not 
he has, and he's done so much dip that like his uh, he has a lot of teeth missing. So I'm not always sure what he's saying, but I'm pretty sure it's wise because he's kind of older. That so. sounds that's that sounds like a great source. So yeah, well, he is he's the wellspring of all knowledge that is sports. Okay, so Byron, and what was his last name again, just for our listeners? Yeah, I, I don't remember. Okay, good. Yeah, Byron. So if you're in the Dallas area, look up Byron. Just we'll Byron. get a lot of good, a lot of good sports he's a good talk. Guy. There. Yeah, he's a good guy. So, so last time we did talk about an interview question. And I know there may be someone out there. They're they're hard up. You know, the economy's bad. They're without a job, or they're, they're looking to change jobs, and they're going to interviews. And so we want you to help our listeners out again because you were so helpful last time. But this time True. we only have one question, so you got to make it good. Okay. So what I found was if you – and what do I want to know from you? If you were a cereal, a box of cereal, what would you be and why? Well, John, I have to stick with, with Frosted Flakes. Mm. Um, I'd be Frosted Flakes. That's easy. So why? Uh, because – why? Because – it's it's sugary, it's cornflakes, but you, the thing is with with frosted flakes you have to have there's a two tier strategy. First tier is you pour milk in the bowl first and then um you pour the frosted flakes on top so that way they don't get soggy. So you're a milk first kind of guy. Always. And you have to eat the cereal ridiculously fast because they get really soggy really quickly. So Okay. Well Yeah. That's a good tip, I think. Hey, and that's, again, another great tip, and we really appreciate that. I don't know how well that's going to help you get hired, but uh, yeah. But yeah, if you're another great, another great tip is if you're looking for um, a Christmas present for your husband's ladies, the Xbox One is in style. So just saying. Shout out to all the wives out there. That are definitely yep. listening to this mainly sports They're podcast. Totally listening. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So anyway, well, we really appreciate you coming on again, and we enjoyed yeah. it, and we will we'll catch up with you later. Yeah. Is Aaron there? He is there. Hey, Aaron. Hi. It's him off in the distance. <laughs> I don't think you can hear him, but. Yeah. He said hi. He's he's trying hey. to design the next Candy Crush because we're going to make five billion dollars. I don't know if you were able oh, to wow. listen to episode two yet, but they just sold for $5 billion. So that's really, this podcast is like just secondary. We're, we're all about like whatever Candy Crush we can sell to six-year-old girls or, or to Aaron. He loves playing it all the time. So. Yeah. But maybe you should, shouldn't say that we're selling candy to six-year-old girls. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a very good point. That, out. that could be right. uh, that could be bad. All right. Well, James, thank you so much again for coming on, and we will see you next time. All right. Bye, buddy. See you, man. Bye, dude. I love it. I'm back. I know I had to be off mic because our technology is top rated. Hey, it is top rated. We and shout out to Matt Reynolds. Shout out, man. It's pretty awesome. My brothers are pretty much just owning this. We can't podcast. all we can't all be so blessed. I know. I have no brothers. Yeah, you should get. Oh, that's right. You don't. That's sad. I'm sure Anna would love to come on and get her sports opinion, though. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get to the next segment. Blicks Picks. Blicks Picks this week. The first one I've got for you, John, 
is I want to just say, not that I told you so or anything like that, but we knew Peyton Manning was getting ready to have one of these beyond horrible games. The, every single game, you're like, it's going to happen. When did you tell me He's this? looking noodle army. Well, my comment was, when are we going to get Brock Osweiler really involved with, that with is the true. Broncos? That is true. And now they don't have a choice, but a game like what happened this past weekend for the Broncos was kind of coming. It was going to come in some at some point in this season, I yeah, think. Peyton and, Manning, I feel like he really went full like playoff mode this yeah. last week, you know, how he normally does in the playoffs. Yeah, John, your sarcasm. Specifically the first round, you know. It's not appropriate right now. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I am hurting in my heart. And I'm let me tell you, I'm that was the, a little. I've never, I've never watched Peyton Manning in such a way that, that he, oh, I felt, I felt for him. He tried so hard on a couple of those passes to make those throws, and he had a guy. He had him beat, and he could not make that throw. He just, he gave it all he had, John, and that duck just sailed right there I, into the defense. Yeah, we, I think we were, we were actually on the phone. He threw a pass to Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. And we were just like, oh, he saw it. He knew what I'm he was so, supposed to do. Yeah, he knew what His to do. His body would not listen. He just couldn't do it. So I'm actually excited to see Brock Osweiler play a little bit of football. And, um, you know, I think it, it would be nice if they found a way to kind of get them both kind of working in tandem. Hey, and quarterbacks yeah. in, in Kubiak system, they've they've definitely done well. I've been able to get. Oh, he, um, yeah, he, he puts them in positions that if they're going to make a mistake, it's their fault. Yeah, uh, Jake the Snake a couple years ago, Jake Plummer. He, well, I mean, he had a really great year. Yeah. Uh, Case Keenum, he was my, my team name for when I won the I mean, championship Matt, in Matt fantasy Schaub, football. He made Matt Schaub a pro bowler. I mean, Matt Schaub is not that great. No. But Matt Schaub we'll get, was a actually, pro bowler. We'll get to that a little bit later. I hope we do. But that's one of my Blix picks is, is Brock Osweiler got in the game. We made that type of prediction. At least one pod. Either yeah, I think we did. You absolutely pods. did. Yeah. You said yeah. it'd be great if they could get him into the game, give Peyton Manning more rest. And really, yeah. you know, it, it's almost like a gosh, uh, Clemens. Whenever yeah. we had him a couple years ago, absolutely put him in. Uh, yeah, in the, yeah. Like, let, don't worry. Like show up around July, August. Right. Like we'll get to you. Are you like, getting paid ten million dollars? Yes. Sweet. We'll prorate it. No big deal. <laughs> That's right. There you go. I mean. So yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll get your money for Rusty like, Hart. I'd like to see Peyton maybe do a series and maybe alternate serieses or you know, serieses if that's a word. I'd love to see that. You know, the yeah, I, I don't, I don't think unfortunately that would happen. But I, I really agree with you. I, I, as the more I thought about your take, I really like that. You, you talked about how, you know, with Tim Duncan and, and all those other guys. So what, what, what we're doing with Dwight Howard, which I'm a big fan of, because Clint Capella, he's coming out and playing. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't worry, Let's Dwight. not turn this back into a rocket pod. Okay, yeah, that'll get, we'll, we'll get depressed again. <laughs> another one, another Blake pick for you, John, that you're going to just love. I don't know if you got to watch Monday Night Football at all, but the uh, Texans Ooh. brought down the Bengals. The red rifle. Yeah. What, what did what did you want? He called the BB gun. BB gun. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. And then Dalton even had a dumb response, like, oh, "I don't understand why if you're a role model, I'm like, really, dude? Oh, come on." It was all like, "Yeah, if you're someone who looks up, like, okay, dude." He co- he compared you to a Christmas story. Right. Like, yeah, deal with yeah, it. Yeah. There, uh, there's a lot worse things said about you. I promise. <laughs> so, <laughs> trust me, JJ Watt did not just bring you the biggest diss you've ever heard. So. Anyway, I thought that was pretty awesome. What's also awesome is we're actually now tied for first place in our division. And even more significantly, John, we've got a much better record than the Cowboys, which is just so much fun hey. from afar. Hey, so that, that sound you hear is Jerry Tony Jones. Romo coming. Oh, is that what that means? He's are, coming back. Are they going to rip and roll off the next five games, or I don't know how many they have? The way our defense is playing, I mean, we've been incredibly – I mean, we allowed – You are talking about a team that's 2-7, and seven, right? Our defense has been incredible. 
<laughs> Matt Castle and Bren Whedon, not so much. Uh, yeah. Castle has been better than Whedon, but that's yes. kind of like saying like you heard Whedon got cut too. They they cut the court on that one. I didn't even, that's, well, he was kind of pouting or whatever. He was going like Ryan Mallet on him and stuff. So yeah, he's probably sleeping in and you know not not showing up to yeah, stuff. Yeah, those but. are two guys that wouldn't hurt my heart if they never came back to the NFL. So yeah. anyway, and then the final pick I've got because I thought this was just awesome. Holly Holm, oh, kicked the poo poo. Out of Ronda Rousey. Now it's not that I don't like Ronda Rousey. Did you just say poo-poo? I did. I said poo-poo on a podcast. I had other words in my bank of adjectives to use. I used poo-poo. You are a dad of a baby. That's right. So here's the thing, John. I really like Ronda Rousey. I like what she's done for fighting and for women's sport. Um, She's a good advocate. She fights hard. She's got a good attitude, everything else. And she was very confident about this this fight with, with Holly Holm. Holly Holm didn't just beat her she whooped her bolt i mean I, I i didn't i didn't watch it live i watched the you know everybody's vine and twitter and right. youtube after the fact it was not even close she Ronda Rousey her. like like looked scared it was crazy i mean like it, so anyway the connection of that leg was was out of this world so she definitely dominated the fight and look i even think if those two fought another 10 times Holm would win 10 out of 10 times she was definitely just the better fighter uh. so I, I don't know about that. I think Ronda, oh, oh. De- uh, she definitely suffered some from poor coaching because I, I just don't know what she poor was doing. Poor coaching was just one part of it, yeah. Well, and, and now, as far as dominating, though, uh, I, you know, the MMA, wh- which I like that they do this because it, it, you know, I think it protects their athletes. A lot of times after a fight, you're you're banned from fighting depending upon your injuries. Yeah, she did. Yeah, and so they were both, Ronda and Holly were both banned for, for six months after their fight. Uh, and it says, Ronda Rousey, was banned because of head trauma. And then uh, just some other girl, Joanna, jo- I don't even going to try that, but she was banned for her hand. And I was really hoping that the next little thing under it was going to be like Holly Holm b- banned from a bruised foot or whatever. <laughs> that's, like, <laughs> good. that's right. A bruised foot to Ronda Rousey's cheek. Oh, it was, but yeah. it wasn't even about that. That kick was incredible. But at the same time, she dominated the whole fight. There was John Rousey never was a like, second. I mean, she was backing up. She had no idea what she was doing out there. There was, was never a second you were scared for for no. uh, for home at all. She had total control of the entire which, fight. Which for all the boxing fans out there, I mean, that's something that they go to all the time. Is oh, we boxers yep. can take anyone yep. down, you know. And so, and it was just it was strange that Rousey didn't try to get her on the ground. I mean, I, and I'm I, well, actually I'm sure she tried. Home at happen. one point took her to the ground. Yeah, no, she right. got right back. She was smart. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. I'm not going to stick here. I, is, I just think I'm going to stay in my lane. Think, but look, I just think home was stronger and bigger. Anyway, she's better. Not to do too much women MMA fighting right now talk. But I did think that was an awesome pick of the week. I mean, that was really, really fun. It really was. Mind your rules. That's right. It's your favorite time of the podcast. Aaron's favorite time of the podcast, I think, every week is, is just learning about New rules. And I, I want to do a callback real quick to, to old rules and, and the rule of Aaron, again, we're going to Mars. We're going to Mars? Is it's, that a real thing? It's super exciting. Uh, t- so this week it came out. Uh, MIT, some uh, researchers there, some students there. A small, a small university. Yeah, somewhat well-known. Yeah. Somewhat well-known. It's kind of, yeah. Uh, they're smart there. I don't know if you know that. But uh, so they've... They want to help NASA out. They want, uh, yeah, we want to go to Mars. We're, we're pretty smart. We're, we want to help you out. And so they think the best way to get to Mars is to take a little detour on the moon. And there's a lot of stuff about how, you know, we can make the, uh, 
make the original shuttle from Earth a lot lighter and, you know, kind of relaunch from there and you can upload supplies there again. And uh, it's, it's some interesting stuff. You should definitely read it. But again, it brings me back to the fact of why in the world do we not have So You Want to Be a Martian? We've got everything else, Aaron. I told you, John, you just need to call Bravo. Yeah, Bravo or VH1 or something. Yeah. You know, One miss, of those classy channels. Really classy. I miss a classy show. You know, I talked about Flavor Flav and all that stuff, but you know, Rock of Love again came from that as well. That was another really classy VH1 yeah, they show. Got a, they got a slew of those in their portfolio. But all right, so the ratings last night, and again, this was going on going up against Monday Night Football, but like the the highest rating last night was like a three for for the Voice, and. How many more singing shows do we need? Like, none. Yeah. American Idol. And the only one I really like is actually the acapella one, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. With the yeah. Pentatox guys. They were fantastic. We could talk about that for a whole podcast. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you want to do an actual singing show. Have you seen their documentary on uh, Netflix? I have, actually. Incredibly. It's very good. It's very good. So I've got a list of all the shows that, that were, were on uh, on Monday night. Um, you know, we got Supergirl. Which you know, there was like the big headline is, you know, Supergirl rises. It got a, it get like a, a, a seven point nine million viewers, which is a one point eight. And then we got, uh, the, again, I said it's the voice. It's probably a few more, a few more viewers than we have listeners. One Just or one point eight. I don't know. Few. I think we've got two. I think we got oh one point eight compared to the seven point nine million. Yeah, probably maybe. But you know, Dancing with the Stars for I don't know. It's like season twenty on that now or whatever. Yeah, it, it's just stale. It's the same stuff. You know, it, we need something. So is fresh. your point? Is your point here, John? That the next show that we need to have syndicated on Aaron. Let me tell you uh, again. I, I consider myself a reality TV connoisseur. This was an actual show. On television. It was on VH1. But that's besides the point. It is a show called The Pickup Artist. Let me... You may not be familiar with I The Pickup Artist. I am not familiar. Would you please enlighten me on this show? Let me give you a quick synopsis. The Pickup Artist is a tale of transformation for these eight lovable losers, basically super awkward nerds. Is this still on TV? No, it okay. was one season, and it was, like, so misogynistic and crazy. Like, it... Even oh. back then, like, before all, like... This, you know, the increased feminist movement and everything, it was still like, whoa, like, we are. Can I find this on, like, the Google tubes? We are not okay with this. Maybe. Uh, Probably you can on, like, VH1 old school stuff. But anyway, so pretty much these guys are super awkward. And then it says, enter mystery. Not like a a mysterious story, but an actual individual who calls himself mystery. Oh, that's a pretty good nickname. Yes. So, enter mystery, <laughs> best-selling author, and ultimate pickup artist, a former nerd from the Great White North—that's Canada—who has discovered the secret to wooing women. Under his expert tutelage, he'll guide his group of hapless horn dogs through the Did rough waters. Did you say waters. hapless horn dogs? I'm just reading from the VH1 website. <laughs> Through the rough waters of romance and help them find courage to overcome their biggest fear: talking to women. So it goes on to say, you know, how he's going to do it and is aided by the by his faithful wingmen, Matador and J Dog. Mystery will teach these average guys how so to. So the turn. three characters are J Dog, Matador, and Mystery. Oh, yes, 
And, again. And, and, and why have they not done a Martian show? If uh, again, this is their... Okay, if this yes. Is their, uh, this was an actual show yeah. on television. This is a barometer of showmaking. That people watched. And yeah. we don't have NASA, so you want to be a Martian. I mean, seriously, you talk about MTV and, and uh, you I'm know, Bravo you, John, doing a joint make thing. Make your phone calls. All those, like, reality TV, like, real-world road rules guys that are, like, you know, totally juiced up on steroids. I'd love to see them going against, like, Navy air fighter pilots. Because, you know, like... To really be accepted in NASA, you have to be an incredible individual. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a very rigorous Everyone thing to go through. Everyone would love that. Yeah. It would be amazing. I you would can... watch it. I mean, I would like you probably to sprinkle in some drama. But it would be great. It's competi- It's a competition. All you it need... Can, it can be a competition. Yeah. It's a, again, it's you know, we're only going to pick one Martian no, you, this way. You really don't want to put, you know... M- you don't want to put Matador in a in a shuttle to the to Mars. No, we don't. No, J Dog, Matador, and yeah. Mystery will not be involved. Okay, yeah, well, in this, <laughs> in this. Or if they were, they would probably be eliminated very early on. Though I do think that that would be a really good plot twist. Oh, absolutely. If we could get J Dog in a zero gravity situation, I think America would love that. Yes, that would be a so. gift to America. My my next thing is really quick. Again, I I talked with you last week, Aaron. I made an apology. I, I was wrong, and I wanted to tell you about all Peyton Manning's playoff records that he owned. And I I feel really good that I owned up to that about my uh, wrongdoing, and, and and really just you know made amends with you. And I f- I hope you feel you know. Oh, I feel the love. Okay, definitely. good. Uh, but the other thing I think listening back and and and, and stuff, Steph Curry. I think we were wrong on Steph Curry. He. Might be the great, he might be in the all time starting five when he's done. The man yeah. is doing incredible things. Yeah, I mean, we're still looking at a very, very, very limited spectrum of playing time, sure. really. But if he keeps this up for a solid, I don't know, two or three more years, I mean, they're, they're, the Golden State Warriors are really, really good at basketball. I've never seen a team play so well outside of the the videos, the post videos, the NBA History Channel watching the Celtics in 1986. Just the way they pass, the way they move yes. as like really a unit. It, it's it's the kind of basketball I'd like the Rockets to get used to playing, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, it really is just incredible basketball. And the great thing about Steph, though, is in the NBA there's this great stat called PER. And it's a great little advanced stat because it really is – it really is a great measure of the impact you're having from a statistical standpoint on winning. Like, actually. Yeah, because right. the leaders all time in it are guys like Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Michael yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Uh, guys you may have heard before. I have. And, and they're all Hall of Famer or future Hall of Famer type guys. Um, yeah, LeBron James is, again, he's up there really high. Steph Curry this year is a good four points higher than the highest, than the highest of all yeah. time. Yeah. And I know he's on a hot streak, and I know he's probably not going to keep it up, but he's been incredible. And I really do think we've never seen anything like him, and we may never see anything like him again. No, I think that's true. I mean, he shoots so well that every, the entire game changes. I mean, I talk all the time, when I go play basketball, the three-point line is at a certain spot. Right. When you step onto an NBA court, that line is about two feet back. Sure. Steph Curry is shooting the ball from like two or three feet back from that. He's shooting from what probably on most of our courts is like the half court line. Almost. I mean, it's, I mean, it's unbelievable. Oh my goodness. And, and it just opens the game up. I mean, he's toying with people. You know, defenders step up on him and he can cut right between them. You know, if they don't play over him, he's going to shoot. Uh, every t- he's got something to do. It's, he shot a runner. He shot like what, yeah. how you and I would shoot like a runner from outside the three point line right. the other night between two guys. It was, it's just it's, dumb. It's very I mean, dumb. Uh, and I do think, he, to be 
completely fair. I think he probably is on a above par hot streak right now. I don't think this is going to last the entire year. But but, but I what mean, I can't what I do think will last the entire year is this the way the team is playing. I mean, their defensive ratings and their offensive ratings are just like they were last year and and they're doing all of it without Steve Kerr, which That's is exactly, a little crazy. Yeah, exactly. It, it really they is. They don't even need their coach. No. They don't even need like well Luke, or that their or that their coach did such a good job getting them to this point that absolutely. they that they can operate built a system, built yeah. a culture. Absolutely. Cuz I guarantee you Luke Walton is not giving them any special sauce from the sideline. Hey, he you know he played with the great Kobe Bryant. He learned a lot from Kobe. I'm sure. I don't know how much you learned from Shaq, but <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, just had you know. I'm sorry. Just had to tease you a little had bit. Had to zing it in there. So as good as PER is as a as a record, you know, created by John Hollinger back in the day, who worked for ESPN. As good as that is, their other stat QBR is also on the same level bad. Yeah. Okay. So as good as the PER for basketball is, the NFL. Is it P- QBR? Yeah, for quarterback is rating. bad. It's the exact yeah. opposite. They said, "Oh, we don't want to have you know the the passer rating anymore. It's right. a, it's too hard to understand, and it's not a great stat." And, and pretty much, so here's their kind of mission statement or whatever they put out on QBR back in the day in, in 2011. They said the total quarterback rating is a statistical measure that incorporates the context and details of those throws, and specifically says right here and what they mean for wins. So, I want to take a look at some quarterbacks that have finished in the top five in QBR and then take a look at the eventual Super Bowl winner that same year, see where they finished. In 2007, David Garrard for the Jacksonville Jaguars finished number two. Super Bowl winner Eli Manning. I actually remember when they were talking about how good he was based on that rating. 24. Yeah. Eli Manning, 24. Uh, 2008, you're going to like this one. Top five again. Number three overall this year. Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington. Now, if that ain't a blast from the past. If you don't want to talk about noodle arms and no. people that like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I like Chad. He was always a good competitor and everything. But, like, I mean, just could not play. Um, Super Bowl winner, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, well. Not his rookie year, Ben Roethlisberger, I see. mind you. Back when he was doing things a lot like one Cam Newton this year, mm-hmm. which we'll get to here in a second. But, um you know, I had I had earlier Matt Schaub in here, and I just I feel like I've beaten up on you too much, so I won't I won't, won't won't talk to you. You like more to come Matt into the Schaub. boxing ring with with some some brass knuckles in your pocket, don't you? <laughs> yeah, we we come in here like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll have like the the thick soft gloves. Yeah, I'm just wearing brass knuckles underneath. Don't tell you. Um, 2012 Super Bowl winner was Joe Flacco. He ranked 18th. Um, and then 2014, this is going to be something I'll I'll have to kind of own up to. And you see of. I'm a fan of the Cowboys, but last year, under no statistical measure, should Tony Romo have been considered the best quarterback in the league? Well, he was the highest QBR last Number year. Number one yeah, last year. No. And, and so, Definitely no. And, and this year, you've heard a lot of people talk about how Cam Newton is 21 and uh, Ryan Fitzmagic. Um, <laughs> Fitzmagic. He's, he's seventh so far. So, I mean, just like it, it's, it's a – not a good stat. They're trying to, you know, square peg, round hole, all that stuff. And, and they just keep going after it and pushing it. Like, yeah, it's QBR. Like you said, like David just Gerard like, is so good. Just like they talk about the Longhorns on ESPN all day long, even though they're not winning anything. At all. At all. But we got to push our back. Longhorn network. We got to push it out there. So we got to find a way to talk about UT today. Anyway, sorry. not to. Sorry, Longhorn fans. I don't mean to belabor that situation. Yes, you do. 
Um, and if you don't, I do. Um, so <laughs> that's all the rules I got this week. And actually, Aaron, that's gonna, I think that's going to do it for this week on the AB&J yeah, pod. It was, a, it was an enjoyable evening, John. It was very enjoyable. Thank you for hosting us, Matt. We really appreciated your uh, help and producing. It's, it's really a pleasure. In all seriousness, big thanks to my brothers, Matt and James. You guys are really great for doing this. We really appreciate it. Um, again, if you want to follow us on Twitter or download or subscribe on iTunes, leave a review, all that. Everything is, if you just search A, B, and J pod or A, B, and J, you'll find us in all those uh, places, Twitter, Facebook, and all that. So this is it for this week. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope to uh, talk to you again soon. A, B, and J on the pod. A, B, and J, they're on the pod. A, B, and J on the podcast.